We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. can't think of anything more uninteresting than Knicks bro versus this Warriors remember last week when you said the Warriors should have tried to win and they didn't put D'Lo and uh Draymond back in the game uh in the yeah, game yeah, against the Hornets and I was like we we're talking about on the podcast and I was like last week's podcast and I was like whatever man they're gonna try to lose it's all good you know why I didn't care because I didn't watch that game what the problem is, I'm watching this game right now. Me and you are at home, we're watching the Knicks, watching the Warriors, where the Warriors are five point favorites, and they look like shit. I'm le- like this. I'm legitimately angry. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> just, how, how can you be this bad, dude? And this is the this second. Bad? This is the second game in a row they're purposely putting D'Lo off ball, and. I get it for the for the larger picture. Like he has to be able to at least function a little off ball, right? When Steph's back, when right, Clay's right, right, back, right. all that right. sort of stuff. He's got to be able to do a little something. But I'm just watching it, and he's like passing it to Jacob Evans and running off of a screen to the weak side corner, and it ends up in like an Alec Burks 18 footer, <laughs> and I'm just like. And it's like, okay, that happens once, you don't really care. It happens twice, you're like, whatever. <laughs> but that's the whole game plan. It's just annoying. Yeah. I'm like, yes. maybe, maybe just like let him cook a little bit, let him put a little force on the defense, run, run him a little more. But I don't know. It's nope. I'm with you. I'm, I'm hitting, with you. That we're at game 26, and I've officially hit my wall where it's like, man, this is, it's going to be very hard. It's, it's, 
uh, you just look losing by 30 against the Miami Heat. They're a good team. That's okay. You know, you lose by 20 to, you know, some other team. That's pretty good. That's okay. Look, man, you start losing to the Hawks. You start getting blown out by the Hawks. You lose to the Grizzlies. You're getting outplayed right now through a half against the New York. It's just, dude, I really don't care who you are. And the thing is, they have D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green. It's not not even that they're two all-stars. They're two legitimate NBA players. You look at the Knicks. I'm looking at Marcus Morris, Bobby Portis. No, no, no. Who's the the other guy that's a starter? Josh Gibson, Uh, Julius Randle. Julius Randle, right? Yeah, that's fine. They're they NBA really players. just every player on their team wants to play the exact same position. <laughs> it's like, but anyway, um, this is embarrassing. It's honestly embarrassing. I don't. We're not even doing a code open this week. This, this yeah, is pathetic. This is just, um, welcome to Light Years, guys. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, so we're gonna obviously have to pivot to more league stuff. But I, I had a good conversation with Jonathan Wasserman, the lead draft. Analyst for Bleacher Report used to run NBA Draft.net. Um, Ben's going to put half of it on this episode, but uh, if you want the full thing, subscribe to Premium. I mean, Andy couldn't join us for this conversation. It was uh, so I had to do it by myself. I had to carry all the weight. You know, I'm like LeBron taking the the hardest road. Um, <laughs> slowly, uh, so slowly, Sam phasing me out, and I respect that. <laughs> Not even. Um, I'll, I'll let people listen to it, but uh, I thought the um, the Anthony Edwards versus Lamelo Ball comparisons were um, was really interesting in the conversation, and um, it seems like those two are currently in the lead. But everyone's kind of acknowledging like the top five or six guys are. We're not in a situation where it's like Zion and then you know who. It's like there's five or six guys, and no one's really separated in a, in a meaningful way. Well, I, my thing is, let's just get someone that can shoot. I'm watching this game right now, and I'm watching we've all watched. By the way, we should be getting paid to watch the Warriors this season. So for those you know that are listening to this podcast, slide on over to Light Years Premium. You know, do the whole pay. You get a little two extra extra episodes a week. You know, if we're going to have to and watch you're going to get some cool content. But yeah, anyway, that too. That too. But uh, <laughs> I promise but you, it's to... not going to be just me and Andy talking about Warriors versus Knicks because honestly, you know, I would, I wouldn't even pay for that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> no, we are. Yes, we are not doing uh, game recaps of Warriors Knicks on the uh, on the premium. We're actually getting. Um, you've got a few guys that are coming up. We're going to do interviews with. We're going to uh, get a lot more draft guys, uh, particularly once we get into January, February. Um, got sharp coming on this month uh probably gonna get some of the better warrior media people probably gonna get some people around the team i mean it'll be good stuff um i'm watching this game and i I looked up the amount of uh uh the amount of three-point attempts that teams take um number one you could probably guess right the houston rockets um third last my my friend yeah shocking um the Warriors, third last in the yeah, league. Well, this is the problem with motion offenses. I don't want to call it a problem because when you do ball movement, it it tends to have more layers, which is why when the Warriors get in the playoffs, they they always had counters. You know, like maybe they'd look bad for a game and a series of extend, but there were counters to go to, right? Um, 
But the downside of it is uh, if you don't have guys who are smart enough to make reads and decisions, it ends up in mid-range jumpers. <sighs> and like we're seeing it with like the Spurs, but you you see it with you saw it with the Celtics last year and like if the team's not like sync and you don't have like guys who know how to move the ball, everything ends up in like the 15 to 18 foot range. Even, but even when they did, you know, they still shot a lot of mid-range shots last year. I mean, but that the was pro- more that was more KD. The problem is those KD. I mean, not, well, not, that's a, problem. not a problem. He's maybe not the best a mid-range shooter of all time. <laughs> uh, but now I'm watching Glenn Robinson. I'm watching Eric Pasco, and I'm watching Jacob Evans, and I'm watching these guys. Uh, they've got three-point shots that they could take. Instead, they're pump faking, dribbling in, and shooting a jump shot. And I'm going to be honest, man. These guys, they have the same amount of they have the same amount of uh, uh, probability of making a three pointer and a mid range jump shot. They are not good enough shooters to say I would rather have Glenn Robinson shoot a twelve footer because he's so automatic that I don't want him to take a three. No, you know? absolutely. Like we'd get annoyed when Clay would take a bunch of mid range shots, but mm-hmm. at least Clay was in the top five in terms of mid range percentage every year. You know, he 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 shot. I think it was forty seven percent. On long twos last year. Look at you. And, um, you know, the the, the problem is he shoots like 42% on threes. So, like, you're not like, you know, and that's worth an extra point. So, it's a little annoying. But, Mm -hmm. like, end of the day, he's still, like, one of the best mid-range shooters. And, you know, when when you're Clay Thompson, in general, any shot he takes, if it's a clean look, you're, you're cool with. Um. But I don't yeah. even I don't even want D'Lo shooting mid range jump shots. You know, like I, I'm not I'm, even okay, I'm okay with, with D'Lo taking them because <sighs> he's really good off the dribble. And he, the bigger reason I'm cool with D'Lo taking them when he gets in the mid range, he can he can set people up with his passing. So sometimes he has to take the mid range jumper to keep these defenses honest. Like Glenn Robinson the third is never making a read to <laughs> you know to make the to kind of make the pocket pass to the big, at least D'Lo will, it's like the Kobe thing. You let him operate in the mid range because if he's a threat there, he can make every read you need on the floor. Uh, the Warriors are currently down by 17. And by the way, to your point, this has actually been the most annoying thing about Clint Robinson, the third, I think he's been one of the, the nicer stories on the Warriors because he's got, he, he's an NBA player, right? And he kind of, I mean, he tore his ACL a couple of years ago and his career kind of like he, he was one of those guys who looked like he was going to be a nice little role player. And then he messed up his knee and kind of bounced around a little bit. And now he's looking like he's potentially going to find a place. I don't think he's a starter, but I think we talked about it on on the radio show. I'd rather have him than McKinney, right? Mm-hmm. You're cool. Warriors down by 19 now, by the way. I'm going to keep updating it while you talk. Oh, God. <laughs> but the, the the thing Glenn Robinson the third does that really annoys me is he's taken um, I'm pulling up the numbers right now so I don't misspeak he's taken ten shots a game only three of them are threes and he's not getting to the rim the other seven times yep. so he's just Down like twenty two he doesn't <laughs> all right. We don't, you know what? I, this is enough on this Warriors team. Let's get into our other topics. Well, you were making a Glenn Robinson point. Um, I'm with my, you. My so, point is, I wish he would just be more of a three and D guy instead of, you know, like Kerr's like, oh, he 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 goes right into dribble handoffs and tries to make moves. I'm like, I don't need him to do that. 
I, I agree. I agree. And uh, it, it, my general impression on Glenn Robinson has been they're just there. He's he's good. He's fine. Like you say, he's an NBA player, but there's just nothing there that I feel like it's like a lot of the stuff he does that he doesn't do well. He does too much of, which is essentially what you're saying. And so it's like, I don't really care for it. It's not impressive. I, I kind of don't care if he's making kind of mid range jump shots. I don't need to ever see that again. Um, but this is probably more a symptom of just me being frustrated with the team. Um, but the other thing is uh, a minor thing, but Alan Smiley uh, is back. They brought him up today uh, and he's not playing today, which is fine, which is normal. But they really got to start, really got to start seeing some of these players develop in a way that um, that makes sense for next year. Uh, Eric Pascal's, I, I think he looks like he's hit a wall, which makes sense because he's like the number one option. Sure. Um, and also, on the, um, Willie Colley, my point, Willie Colley Steins, he's got to not play. Um, yeah, I'm kind at, of at some point. I, Okay, so th- this kind of brings me to our first topic. Um, on the 15th, which is next. Is that Sunday or is that Monday? Well, that's coming up. Yeah, it's Sunday. Um, contracts become eligible to be traded. So, like Willie Cauley Stein, D'Angelo Russell, Alec Burks, all the guys who signed this summer—not all, but like ninety-nine percent—can be traded. So, while I don't expect moves to happen immediately on the fifteenth, we've officially entered trade season. I think you bring up an interesting point. Like, I don't think Willie's coming back next year. Um, so what's, what's the point here, right? Like might as well move him to another team just to clear minutes for let Spellman play 20 minutes a game. Yeah, exactly. Let, Cause Spellman's been one of the few bright spots. I still don't know how good I think he is, but at least he's young and he looks like he'd be an NBA player. Um, and then like you mentioned Smiley Geach, it's another example. might as well let these guys see what they have. The other thing Woj said was he 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 made it known Minnesota's still very interested in D'Angelo Russell. Um, you want to recap the story about the uh, minute? You want to recap the Minnesota minute? God, I can't even speak. I'll the Minnesota. Um, well, Slater wrote a piece today that came out in the Athletic, and actually, we didn't know this one. Um, that essentially D'Lo agreed to come to the Warriors in a sign and trade. Uh, right before he went on a, a helicopter ride. While he was getting wooed by the uh, by the Minnesota front office, uh, including their owner, and then at the end of the uh, does it, the end did, the, is there any owner who gets played more than Glenn Taylor? <laughs> Remember when he told Andrew? He, he, said, Andrew he, said, he, he said you have to promise to improve. <laughs> well, I guess here's one hundred fifty okay. million, but you have to promise. You have to promise. What does that even mean? That doesn't mean anything. Uh, but anyway, I guess at the end of the uh, at the end of the trip, uh, or they're still on the helicopter. Um, it, the news broke that uh, the Warriors had traded for D'Angelo Russell. So um, I don't know. It doesn't make D'Lo look good, but you know that's business. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. Overall, I liked Slater's piece, and I would encourage people to read it. Um, it was a lot of like. I'm surprised you wrote it now. Um, it seemed more like a piece that would have come out like a week after he signed. Um, but it was maybe a little, fl- a little fluffy. You think a little, not even that it was just kind of like, it had a lot of his history with the Lakers and the nets and it kind mm. of, it was like very much a kind of like, how did we get here? And like, who is he as a person? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it probably takes a long time to get enough, like interviews with a guy to write that piece coherently. Yeah. Um, but 
my impression, he, he's he's pretty aware that he's probably not going to stick here. Uh, he had a there was a moment where he said he's not he he just wants to put the paintings up that he's been collecting over the last few years. So he I think he's kind of he, yeah he he kind of knows like he's not going to be gone. I think this season regular season, but he I mean there's more than a fifty percent chance, or at least it's a fifty fifty chance that he's gone in the off season. So 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 here's it. I, I I'm going to be a little right, the thing. I'm, I'm going to be a little sad if we don't get to see him, Steph, and Clay play together. Um, but we probably never will. Um, and at least fully healthy, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of like, I mean, you, do you agree with me? There's no issues with that fit offensively. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't fully agree. Um, just cause I, I don't see D being able to play off ball. Um, not that I'm watching it now, uh, and it's not going well because it's different players, but I just don't think that's how D is. Like it, it's almost asking like James Harden to play off ball. Sure. Um, it's just not how they. It's just not how their game works. I think D'Lo, his game needs to be the ball in his hands. It's not like Steph, where he's so good that it just doesn't matter. He can go off ball. He can go on ball. He's just as great. I think D'Lo. It's just that's just who he is. Not all player KD. He can go off ball. He go on ball. It doesn't matter. But I think D'Lo's not that type. He's just not that good or not that great where he can just. I can play off ball. Um, he has to handle, and I, I just don't know. Like they'll be good. I just don't know it'll if it'll maximize who so Delo is. To, to me, the issue with it's always going to be the defensive end. Um, I don't know how you are a contending level defense with that backcourt. Um, I think they'll score fine though. But anyway. Um, oh, before we go, uh, sorry. Before we go, uh, more Delo. Let me do a read. Oh, it's it's our favorite. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work. Or, sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. Uh, But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED. All from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is easy. Go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. So complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. Get a free visit online or free online visit, free two-day shipping. That's getroman.com slash blue wire. Yeah, don't rub dirt on it. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if that's advisable. I don't know if yeah. anybody's ever done that. Well, so let's let's uh, let's finish the DLO topic real quick, and then we're going to move to some general league stuff, and then we'll get into the draft stuff with Wasserman. Um, so Minnesota clearly wants him. What would a package from Minnesota look like to satisfy you? Well, it's not going to be Car Anthony Towns because Car Anthony Towns wants to play with D'Lo, so we're going to knock that one off. Yeah, the, the whole the whole reason they want to trade for him is him and Towns are close. <clears throat> yeah, they, they desperately don't want Towns to demand a trade in a year or two. There, it just it, the trade doesn't make sense. You don't want Anthony Wiggins, which the Warriors need a wing, but you don't want the Anthony Ant- Wiggins type Anthony of wing. Anthony Wiggins. Sorry. 
Andrew Wiggins. I'm thinking of Anthony Edwards because he reminds me of Anthony Wiggins. <laughs> um, which, uh, which I guess Wasserman. Well, you guys didn't talk about that on the pod, though. You didn't talk about his Wiggins. Comp, uh, he's, my not, comp he's, not, he's not like Wiggins at all. I just, eh, I don't know, man. Thirty-seven points and then five points in the next game. It's kind of Andrew Wiggins. A um, lot of contested shots. A uh, lot of misses. You know, he thinks he's a three-point shooter, but he's got a not. Andrew Wiggins doesn't have a handle. Yeah, he's got a handle in college. A handle in NBA is different. Um, uh, so it's not going to be Andrew Wiggins, right? Because he's not really the wing that the Warriors need. I'd be very shocked if they did that. So the only thing that makes sense is what? You would flip him for Covington and picks and then package your pick, your first-round pick this year, top five, top ten, and then that pick to get a player? Like, would that be the move? Like it would be I, like I mean, a two step process. Like that's the only thing I could think it of. It would have to be a two step process. So like we both like Covington, but think it's an underwhelming return for D'Angelo Russell. Um, but but Covington at least like you know exactly what he is, exactly how he fits with the Warriors. It's plug him in at three. All of a sudden you got him, Clay, and Draymond. You're probably I mean, that's a, nice. a high end defense off the bat. You don't yeah. know if you can score though <laughs> enough. Or you're basically, uh, you're begging Steph to carry the load in a way that like maybe you don't want to have Steph have to do in the 2020s. But yeah, I'd gamble with that. I I do that. I do that gamble if you could tell if you told me that you can package the pick that's coming with Covington right. and the first round pick into like some someone I don't know. You give me a name like someone that could have sure. an impact. Someone, next someone year. yeah. So I see what you're saying. You're doing it if you can get Covington and a couple future assets. And mm-hmm. then you're just then trying to stockpile that. And all of a sudden now you got like, maybe you're not OKC or um, who's another team with a ton of picks. Uh, maybe you're not like OKC or like what the Clippers were or, or the Celtics where they're sitting on all these picks to make a trade. But you, you all of a sudden have all this trade bait for the next available guy. And I don't know who that will be, you know, like Interesting. It, it, we obviously would all love it to be Giannis, but there's no point even discussing Giannis because that's just a given. Oh, what's we, the Sixer stuff you're throwing out there, man? I've seen you on the timeline throwing out some. Oh, some, some bead. OK, yeah, this, what is this? this is interesting. Is this? this is interesting because um, you and I, I mean, it's not a secret and bead and Simmons <laughs> don't mesh well. Um, and it's as much personality as game wise, like game wise, Simmons wants to play up and down with spacing and Embiid's more of a, I want the ball in the hands in the half court kind of guy. And then, and that's ignoring the fact that like, I mean, Embiid's a bit of a troll. Simmons is a bit of a clutch guy. Like they just have different personalities, right? Uh, let me ask you this actually. Um, who do you think is a better fit on the Warriors? Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid? Is Draymond here? Uh, Draymond is here. Embiid. Mm. Um, Simmons makes all the sense in the world if Draymond doesn't exist, because then you play him at like the four, and oh my god, just running yeah, he's a hyper Draymond, yeah. running the break. Whether he has the ball or Steph, you know, either he's cutting to the rim and it's like pick your poison, or he's running with Steph and Clan each wing. Like that's a nightmare, right? Um, but. Draymond kind of already does that, and Embiid is kind of if it would make the Warriors way more traditional, way more Spursy. But God, like operating, how happy would Kirby to have uh, Embiid operating oh out of the post with yeah. Steph and Clay running off screens? Like I don't know how you really guard that. So 
I, I, the, I other, the other thing I'd say in Simmons' favor is durability. Like I was you, you, have, you have zero worries about Simmons' yeah. health. I I could almost make the argument that Ben Simmons would be a better fit just because even with Draymond, you, with, with even with or without for me because it's not like Draymond is going to be is someone that's going to be so high usage in terms of the ball in his hands, not in terms of shooting, right? Anymore, just as he gets older. I think Ben Simmons is, you just know he's going to be an all-star for the next like five, six, seven, eight years. I guess Joel Embiid, you could kind of see the same thing. I mean, thing, Joel Embiid will be an all-star if he stays healthy. Like, that's the problem. I just don't, I just don't know. Yeah. I, I, and, and Simmons, you could play that up and down. You can get that spacing. So I um, think, but I think, Great defense, although Embiid has great defense. They're both great defenders. Yeah. Um, different ways. But um, who do you think Philly values more? It's got to be Embiid. I mean, Embiid's the better player, right? So See, I think it's the opposite. I think if push comes to shove. Really? I think they have. <laughs> Simmons is a little younger, but they're like an, a year apart. That's not like uh that's not a you know a deal breaker type of situation. It, it, we're not talking like Kobe's twenty five and Shaq's thirty four, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Simmons being just the healthier option and the more unique option, maybe. I think I think they would keep Simmons. I think wow. if they could flip Embiid for a superstar guard wing. And all of a sudden, you got Embiid, you got you got Simmons, you got Horford, got Josh Richardson, you got Tobias, and you got like another guy, yeah, and you got Bradley Beal. Like that's a nice, nice team. Um, do you think that both guys are at about their ceiling too? Like that's kind of the thing where you would think because they're kind of younger, no, maybe they'll no. get a lot better. But I don't know if Ben well, do, Simmons. Do you think and- Simmons will ever develop a jump shot? Like, I don't think I, so. Like, like Giannis what? has, but that's Giannis. <laughs> Giannis right? is also bigger, stronger, and plays works a little, harder. Plays more relentless. That's a, it, it, this is the reality of it. Like Simmons, yeah, Giannis also owns Ben Simmons. So yeah. Um, I, I, I just think, think there's think kind of a both, ceiling. I think I, they I can think, both get better, but I I see what you're saying. Your your point is like they'll get more refined at what they do, but you don't see like a jump. Yeah, like where, where's Embiid's jump coming, right? Uh, maybe he stays healthy for 80 games. I don't think that's realistic. Where's Ben Simmons' jump coming? What was that? Embiid can get better with shot selection. and yeah, I mean, he has a ton of turnovers, right? He's not a great passer. So, yeah, yeah, maybe Embiid has a higher ceiling. But I, I just I kind of imagine Draymond and, and Simmons pushing the break, and you got Stephen Clay spacing the floor. But then again, who's the fifth guy? Because that's a problem. Because if we throw Looney the out fifth, there, now the we've got guy three better, guys. The fifth guy better be a shooter. <laughs> exactly. Like you got Looney out there, and it's like, ooh, Omar okay, Stone now it's. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, we're off. I don't know where we got on this tangent. I forgot what we were talking about. But. Um, uh, I just Ben Simmons fantasy. Now we got two clutch guys. Now it's now it's Clay and announced uh, that Dre and uh, and Ben Simmons. Uh, I, was, I just saw bad. that on a timeline. I saw someone throw in like D'Lo and a pick or the first round pick for Ben Simmons. That's why I brought it up. Well, and, probably. And the reason I think they might trade Embiid more, um, he's having a weird year. He's down across the board and down means he's averaging like 22 and 12 instead of 27 and 12. Um, and 
they're just the reports out of Philly with him are weird. Hmm. So I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm reading what I want to read. That's <laughs> that's also a strong possibility, right? Um, but it just seems like there's. Do you think those two stay together for the next five years? Uh, five years, yeah, probably not, right? I mean, because it's like Joel Embiid's going to be a free agent um, in that time span. I'm just so for the duration of their deal, I think they Embiid has four years, Simmons has five. Yeah, because it's one of those years where I, I'm with you. Um, so my my answer would be no, but it's more like you watch the Sixers this season, and w- wouldn't this be kind of the season where you're like, okay, things are coming together. It's kind of a decent fit, fit roster wise. Uh, they should be like happy and winning and doing well, but it doesn't seem like that's the case, right? And the it, East is wide open. Mm-hmm. Like, like they, they've sh- got they should be the team to. I mean, Josh Richardson, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Al Horford. Like, that's a team. Tobias Harris, that's a team with shooters. I mean, presumably. And great defenders. And it just doesn't seem like... Like, they'll win a bunch of games. They'll win 50 games. They'll probably make the semis. Maybe they'll even make the Eastern Conference Finals, but it just doesn't seem like... Like, you really going to pick them over the Bucs, right? Like, like there's no way. Um, So... I, it's weird. It just... It it seems like they'll lose, like, a series. Maybe they're up, like, 2-0, 2-1. And then they lose a series, and then it just kind of falls apart because you know I'm guys just don't I'm really like so each other. If they lose to Boston with without Horford, I don't know if oh that boy. will happen. But yeah, currently they're they're fourth in the East. Maybe um, they're a playoff team though, but you know? they're also like a game out of second. So, um, <laughs> they're fine, but it's just been underwhelming. I think everyone yeah. kind of thought it was going to be their East with Kawhi leaving, and. They're just, I don't know, it's something to monitor. That might be, they might be a more likely trade partner than Milwaukee. I'm actually 100% convinced now, unless Giannis straight up demands a trade in like an Anthony Davis type of way, mm-hmm. they're going to ride it to free agency. And you kind of have, uh, we- have to. Like you just, what return can they get for them that it makes it worth it, right? We have convinced ourselves in the last 20 minutes that the Warriors are now trading for uh, uh, Joel Embiid and or Ben Simmons. Well, do- well done. This is the content we give people while the Warriors are down 18 at halftime to the New York fucking Knicks. Hey, when, um, they, when they win this game, but we, we finish recording, people are going to really <laughs> laugh at you. No. <laughs> Enjoyable. What, uh, what's next? What's the, uh, what do we got? I just want to do one topic, and then we'll get to the, the conversation with Wasserman. Mm-hmm. Um. So Giannis turned 25 this week. I want to say Monday. Anyway, so now that he's 25, and I think he's the best player in the NBA right now. Um, Correct. Just because he's the best player the same way Shaq or Duncan are the best player. Like, okay, you don't, you don't want them taking the last-minute shot because they like lack kind of the variety of shooting, right? But like overall impact, they're the best player. Anyway, moving it forward. Now, now I'm curious. He's no longer that young. Like he's kind of almost in his prime. Who's the best player under the age of 25 in the NBA? Well, I'm looking at a, a list of of people because I actually prepared for the first time uh, for a podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah, Sam. Sam's happy. Sam's proud of me. Um, Nikola Jokic is on the list. Car Anthony. I'll just run these by you, right? Car Anthony Towns, uh, Ben Simmons. Jokic. Uh, all those guys are 24. Simmons is 23. Luka Doncic. Um, Luka's 20. Donnie Mitchell. 
uh, Devin Booker, whose sons are a surprise team, and then uh, some other guy, Porzingis and Tatum, and guys like that. De'Aaron Fox, they're not really going to be up there. But where's, where's D'Lo? Uh, <laughs> where's Looney? Yeah, D'Lo's there. Uh, Trey Young, Looney, Looney, right behind him. Uh, Pascal might be 25 ready now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jalen Brown, who's having a decent season, right? Um, Tatum, Zion, Zion Williamson, Tatum. Yeah, you, see, you see Tatum top five in RPM. I don't know. I, I don't know. I was, I was surprised by that. I mean, I, I don't want to get into it. I like him more than you, but like, I was like, I didn't really think an advanced metric would like him that much. Yeah. He doesn't seem like an advanced metric guy, actually. Um, I mean, he's a really good defender. He's making a lot of impact that way. And like, I think he's, I was expecting him to have low advanced metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if you watch him, you're like, oh, he's better than the numbers say. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've gone a side tangent. You can even throw Brandon Ingram in there. Because he's having kind of a breakout year. Mm, that's um, true. Uh, Jokic is having a down year. Um, it, Jok- it's a little surprising. Way, I don't know what the. By the way, Marquise Chris is starting, and Willie Cauley Stein isn't. Jok- so. Jokic is. Jokic had a little privilege working for him with the fatness. Uh, any <laughs> any other player with like a bigger stature shows up this out of shape and has a down year after last year. They're criticized to death. Um, yes. And I also think that he gets a little slack because he did perform in the playoffs. Um, he was really good. And I, that's why I would still pick him probably as the best player under 25. Um, I don't know about you, but like, because he's the guy that's been in the postseason, I've seen him perform as the top player. Like Jamal Murray was not the guy. He, and and then you, you saw Towns in one playoffs and, he didn't yeah, look Houston great. Rockets. Yeah. 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 Ben Simmons. I mean, we don't need to go through the playoff struggles he's had. <laughs> um, and then like Devin Booker. You know, I hope you make the playoffs this year, Devin Booker. You would take Luka you would take Luka Doncic. Um, not, not even a question. Of the best under twenty five. I mean, yeah. well, okay, so Luka's the answer. Which is fair. If you Luka's the answer if you're saying Sam, you're building a team. Mm-hmm. Because he's four years younger than those guys, and he's arguably better than them already. But if not, he's already like he's right there, right? Um, now, if you're saying just who's the best today, I might still take Luca. He's going to finish top five in MVP. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's and and it's it's funny to see certain people compare him to Harden, just because he you know he he likes to step back and he operates a lot out of pick and roll. But to me, they're, they're, they're different players. I, I don't know how much you've watched of him this year, but like Luca's looking to move the ball and like get a bunch of assists far more than Harden, who's looking to dance on the ball at all times. <laughs> um, yes, so I'm with you. Um, I think the the main thing about Luka Doncic is there's still some semblance. Nah, some semblance is too harsh. He, he's still playing within a team concept. Um, whereas, and, and he makes plays where you're like, these are more winning plays and less. So, uh, that's a backcourt violation. Jeez. The Knicks are terrible. Um, he's making plays where it's, I still want to win a basketball game rather than I want to get my 10th straight 30 point game. 
He's like, he, you know what I'm saying? Like he's a, he's like, a love of the game, Harden. He's yeah. He's Harden if Harden's priority was winning and not MVPs. Yeah, yeah. Small plays, exactly. Small plays, like like he'll he'll make a he'll make like a hockey assist, right? Um, where he doesn't get any stat for it, but he kind of sees the game and he'll make that hockey assist. Whereas James Harden will go out of his way to take that shot. And let's be very clear, James Harden is smart enough to recognize that that hockey assist the right play. He's highly capable. It's <laughs> he just not, it's won't not like he, do it. Yeah, this isn't um, Glenn Robinson the third who, like, <laughs> you know, bless him, he plays hard, but, like, he's just not a playmaker. <laughs> wow, we are going at GR3. Yes, you're right. But you're right. I, I, I'm. By the way, I'm gone around on the Luca thing. I think last year I was, I was kind of away from it. I was kind of just like, I can't, I just don't. I don't see it. I don't want to see it. And I'm watching him this year. Well, when the, at, hype's, at least the, when the hype's that big, you, you just kind of like it, your natural instinct is like, yeah, these guys are overrating him. He's big and he's also huge. You know I mean? That's the other thing where it's like Steph Curry is small and he can't play defense. Be, and it's like, it's hard to overcome that when you're that small. Yeah, Steph, Steph like, can't make himself six, seven. And that's the Luca thing where it's like, well, yeah, he can't play defense either, really. But at least he's big. Like, at least he can like, eat up space. <laughs> yeah, that Like, that's the thing. Like, James Harden, sometimes he's just big and fat and wide. And he's just like, you can't really post him up. Like, right. Um, and so it's like, um, that's my favorite thing about the Rockets. Like, a lot of times Harden's defensive assignment is center. <laughs> it's like very um, in. It's just very in pickup basketball when you put like the guy who the only thing he has going for him is that he's strong. You're like just just standing in the room, push people. <laughs> just try not to injure someone is probably what uh, uh what you're thinking. So you'd go uh you'd go Luka Doncic. I think you, I think you have to, and um, he's you, you do bring up a good point. I mean, you and I both go to a bunch of games, and I think the biggest thing that stands out in games is how much everyone lies about their height. Um, <laughs> because everyone's six, seven, but certain guys are three, four inches taller, even though they're listed at the same height. Like LeBron is closer to six ten than he is to six. What he says, yeah, he says he's six, seven or six, eight. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm like, dude, if you're six, eight, trim on six, three. You know, six four or something like that, right? And Luca is one of those guys. Actually, they're they're coming to Chase in two weeks, um, sometime around Christmas. Um, he's like the first thing that stood out to me is like, oh, he's like a legit like six eight and a half or something like that because he's he was taller than Clay, he was taller than Draymond, and I was like, because I didn't, you know, going off of YouTube footage of Europe, and you're not like really aware of how big the guy is. Cause you don't really know the competition. And like, for all, you know, everyone's six, five, right. Right. Yeah. Um, he is, he's got that, like, um, yeah, he's, he's huge. And that's where stuff matters. Um, and that's what makes him more unique. Like if he was six, five, six, six, he would be really good, but I don't think it's nearly as unique as what he's doing at his size. Yeah. It's just, it was, it's, it's, that's the same. Um, that's the same kind of, uh, take where you have where it's KD, you know, like right. he's seven feet tall. <laughs> That's why KD is like a top 10 player of all time. Like, like fingers crossed that he comes back healthy from this Achilles. Um, like that's a seven feet, seven foot dude where it's like you watch him and he's dribbling better than Draymond Green, right? Like he's, he's a better passer than Draymond Green. He does all these things better than Draymond Green, you, except he's 
six inches taller than him. And it's like, that's the same and he, thing. And I he moves like a angry. guard. You're like, you shouldn't have that fluidity at that size. No, no, no nobody. Like, cause, because like you see a normal seven foot, like Willie Cauley Stein is super athletic, but would you call him fluid with the ball? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's why the, the comparisons, it's always like, uh, you look at players that come out of college, the next kid or next, whatever. It's like, we watch, I, I seen a couple of James Wiseman. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like I watch the games that I watch like the highlights or whatever. Um, and I'm looking at him and I'm like, okay, this guy's super athletic. He's super fluid. He moves really nice. But then it's like, well, he's probably just going to end up being like, maybe like a rim runner. Right, maybe maybe he could shoot a little bit, but like yeah, not. That, you, yeah. You're hoping that the fact that he hits free throws at near eighty percent and like the stroke looks clean, yeah, that he develops into a catch and shoot threat, so he can pop or rim run. Like, but like you're not expecting yeah. him to take someone off the dribble the way. Katie run a pick does. and roll, yeah. yeah run exactly. a pick and roll or something like that. Like, I mean, like you know who I miss kind of watching, like like a player like that is like Chris. They compare him to Chris Bosh, and I'm like, man, Chris Bosh was so good. Um, you remember, like, you, of course yep. you remember, but like he was, he was a great shooter and he was uh, a great defender. And then like you look at him and it's like Katie's the same size and he just does everything so much better. Um, so you know. All right, let's get to Wasserman. We out of here. Hey there, it's Andy and Sam from Light Years Podcast. This is a clip of one of our Light Years premium episodes. Enjoy this free preview, and if you want to hear more great episodes from us, sign up at bluewirepods.com slash premium. Your first month is just 99 cents. We'll see you there. And welcome to Light Years. Uh, this week I got a special guest. Uh, Warrior fans are probably very interested in draft content all year. So in my opinion, Jonathan Wasserman does some of the best breakdowns for the draft. Uh, so before we start, uh, Jonathan, you want to kind of just explain where you write your podcast and everything? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm with Bleacher Report and then, you know, podcast uh, Blue Wire. It's called The Lottery uh, once every Thursday, you know, uh, a breakdown of what's going on in the NBA draft discussion, who's rising, who's falling. Maybe we'll talk some rookies. So, uh, yeah, pretty much everything around scouting in the draft. Yeah, definitely check out the lottery. Um, obviously this year, the Warriors are, um, not even covertly tanking. <laughs> I mean, you can see Kerr just making coaching decisions that have nothing to do with winning or losing. Um, they clearly want to, you know, try to get the best player they can in what we're what we're hoping to consider a gap year in contention, considering the injuries. Um, and I didn't even realize you're going to have a mock draft coming out today. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday the tenth, but perfect timing. Yeah, that worked out. Um, no offense, I didn't do it just for your podcast, but uh, <laughs> the timing did work out well. I got to ask you this: that the Knicks are perennially in the lottery. Do they? Do the fact that they have just a gigantic fan base make draft analysis bigger business? 
Uh, yeah, and plus the fact that I live in New York and have always lived in New York, and whether I try and hide it or not, I have some, you know, ties to the organization um, emotionally, and so uh, yeah, anytime I, um, I I break down who the Knicks should get, who I think they're going to get, uh, yeah, there's always um, a pretty intense reaction to it. <laughs> so they disappoint you every year, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at the track record. Um, you know, the, the best player that they've taken, which was Porzingis, is gone by year number three. And since then, um, you know, it's been Knox, it's been Frank Nilakina, and uh, both have been pretty disappointing. So, uh, yeah, it hasn't exactly been, um, you know, a positive NBA draft uh, happening going on with the Knicks. <laughs> well, let's, let's move to the Warriors. I guess I want to start with who they drafted last year. Um so Jordan Poole with the 28th overall pick, most people would have called that a reach. Um, the first 25 or so games, not really doing much to dispel the myth that that was a reach. Uh, but Eric Pascal, um, can you can you kind of tell me what you had with Pascal with your pre-draft evaluation and if he surprised you? Um, yeah, it certainly surprised me. I mean, I did not expect this and, uh, I definitely had some reservations about how his game would translate and, and most obviously did. He went number 41 and uh, he's one of the older guys in the draft. I, I mean, he was drafted the 22 or 23. And I think the big question with Pascal was, you know, how does he fit into the NBA? He's six, uh, six, maybe six, seven. I forget what they list him at, but two fifty. um, not really a consistent three point shooter throughout his uh, time at Villanova. Um, you know, how does he create his own shot? And uh, I, I guess I'm pretty surprised by how well um, his shot making has translated. Uh, I know he hasn't made threes at a high clip this year, but he's finding ways uh, to make shots in the mid range. And he's using that big, strong body of his to finish inside. He's scoring within the offense. You know, he hasn't really needed a fancy one on one game. And so uh, it's worked out well. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, it definitely helps to get this opportunity to, to play really fast. Um, and he's got that green light to kind of make some mistakes and play through him. And, and that certainly helped. And, uh, but anyway, uh, you know, all credit to him. This was certainly a surprise to me. Yeah. I'm, I, I think the biggest takeaway I have with him, um, by the way, he's smaller than Draymond green. Um, they play <laughs> Pascal at the three, which is probably more of a, let's just get our best players on the floor type of thing. Sure. Um, uh, but it's 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 working for him, and uh, the big thing I I take away from him is he's he's a lot str- he's a lot better at finishing through traffic, and he's a lot, quite frankly, stronger than I would have assumed. Um, now, whether he's doing that versus the highest end defenders, you know, like when they play the Lakers and Anthony Davis, that's to be seen. But you know, versus an average NBA player, he's finishing through traffic. Um, in a way that no one else on, you know, outside of when the Warriors had Kevin Durant, no one else on the Warriors can do, you know, that's not really Steph Curry, Clay Thompson or Draymond Green's game. Yeah. And he had a pretty good reputation in terms of toughness and, and playing hard. And, uh, you know, he checked those boxes, uh, I guess, again, the, the whole, the whole uh, question mark with him was, was fit. And uh, I know the word tweener has kind of been thrown out of the NBA draft vocabulary, but that was the thing with him. It was like, uh, is he big enough to play the four and, and does he have the perimeter skills to play the three? And uh, it, it turns out that he's kind of versatile enough in terms of his skill package in that mid range area. And uh, like you said, he, he's been pretty good uh, within 10 or five feet or so. So uh, yeah, it's really worked out nicely. 
Yeah, he's getting something like five or six free throw attempts a game, and he's hitting them at over 80%. So, you know, even if he struggles to finish uh, through traffic against, like, the the Pascal Siakam, Anthony Davis caliber of defenders, um, it's, it's always going to be useful when you have a guy who can at least get to the line, like, especially since, like I said, none of the Warrior mainstay guys, that's not really their game. Um, I guess this this brings up uh, the the one thing Kerr – always talks about with him and to a lesser degree, he's mentioned it with Omari Spellman is coming from uh, Villanova coming from a good program where, you know, Jay Wright really well known for kind of coaching guys up and developing them. And obviously the Warriors run kind of a motion based system. So having someone who comes from the college program like that tends to translate um, I'm, I guess I, I was, I want to talk about the lottery with you, but are there any older guys you can see kind of being the next Pascal or Draymond, or uh, you can, you can even point to like Grant Williams. Uh, he's not getting as many minutes cause the Celtics are actually good, <laughs> but he's, he's clearly doing some things to get in the rotation there. Players like that, who the Warriors might be able to get. Um, in the second round or in the late first, because they're going to inevitably look at trading some of their veteran guys and trying to just pick up more draft capital. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, nobody really stands out among the older guys. Um, this it's, it's a weird thing. I, I just did this mock draft and um, you know, I don't think that there are any seniors I have on my top 30 board. Um, we'll see later on. It's like really early to kind of talk about, Right. Second, second round guys. But um, uh, so far, I, I think it, the fact that there are so many freshmen um, is really a reflection of the fact that a lot of guys left last year and, and so many guys declared knowing that they wouldn't get drafted. And that kind of you know, the pool of seniors this year is, is going to be weak. And every year it's going to get weaker because guys are leaving early, not caring if they get drafted or not ready to just kind of start their career in the G League or overseas. And so, you know, whether they go second round or undrafted is really not a big deal anymore. So, uh, yeah, again, those upperclassmen, I think every year it's going to become weaker and weaker. All right. Well, you know, obviously everyone's here more to talk about the lottery guys. So let's let's transition over there. Um, you had um, is it Anthony Edwards, number one, and LaMelo Ball, number two. And then yeah. um, ESPN just had the reverse of that so let, let's start with this are those two kind of separate as the clear top two guys or are we going to see movement among the lottery all year i think it's going to be those two guys at the top uh, as of now i think there's a gap between uh those two and the next best player um and uh honestly that next best player could be one of like six guys and so uh i think edwards and Lamelo are just you know, right now, uh, th- nobody really stands out as that obvious number one. Like, I wouldn't even give LaMelo and Anthony Edwards number one overall grades. I'd probably grade them as, like, number two, number three overall picks. But this class is missing that Zion. It's missing the Anthony Davis, that 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 no-brainer best player. And so they're slotted there. And then, uh, and then we'll see who kind of separates um, at number three. But to me, I think LaMelo is just such an obvious, easy fit in today's league as a uh, you know, the classic combo on and off the ball, pass, shoot, has all those skills you need. And Anthony Edwards is just like such an obvious talent. 6'5", 225, long arms, explosive, creates his own shot. Uh, you know, a tremendous shot maker from five feet behind the arc. And uh, so those two guys to me are just are just like really safe bets with that monster ceiling. 
Um, the question is who separates himself at number three to me. But um, again, it's so early. The opinions are are all over the place. You know, I, I still talk to scouts who thinks James Wiseman, the center from Memphis, uh, could be the number one pick. And to me, I, I just don't see that. But um, uh, yeah, again, it's early. I think as more games play out, we'll start to see these tiers separate a little bit further. Yeah, um, I know the Warriors sent literally everyone to see Wiseman play uh, a mm-hmm. couple weeks back. He always kind of, it always catches note when it's not just the GM, but it's like the GM, the lead to assistant GMs and like coaches. And, you know, when you send the full contingent, you're, you're kind of sending the message you're interested in a guy. Yeah. Um, but let, let's get back to Edwards and LaMelo. Um, t- tell me if my um, impression of these two is correct. So, uh, my impression is Lamelo is the more creative player, the better ball handler, the better passer. Um, and Edwards has more of the physical profile, you know, six, five, two twenties got kind of that Dwayne Wade, uh, build, uh, with like the super long wingspan, which lets him play larger than six, four, six, five. Um, and he's probably the better shooter of the two. Yeah, that's uh, pretty accurate. I mean, LaMelo, I mean, the draw to LaMelo is, is his passing and, and his setup ability. He's, he's, the, uh, he's got the point guard mind in terms of creating for teammates, setting the table. Um, and, and that's really what, uh, where his value, what drives his value. The ability to create easy shots for guys around him um, in transition and in the half court running pick and rolls. Um, and then Edwards is clearly the stronger guy who's going to play through contact, who's going to give you the highlight finishes inside. Um, but he's also the the more um, well-rounded scorer in terms of creating shots in the mid-range uh, and from downtown. LaMelo has a, a floater game. Almost he uses it too much. Like he'll drop like a 20-foot floater because he doesn't have that that step back in the mid-range, that pull up in the mid-range. That's not really LaMelo right now. Right now, LaMelo is all about passing, facilitating, and when he gets hot, he's one of those confident guys, those microwaves who who, who feeds off confidence and then can make shots in a row. Um, and Edwards could do that too, but he's not nearly as crafty off the dribble um, or creative as a passer. He is, to me, a combination of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he's kind of got Mitchell's mindset as, I'm going to go out and get myself 30, 30 points. Um, he's probably size-wise closer to Devin Booker. Um, but he's got Mitchell's uh, athleticism and, and, and strength. And so uh, I think that's their identities. One is uh, one is more of a passer, fa- uh, flashy passer, flashy passer um, who can get hot. And Edwards is definitely that killer scorer who can really take over games. And we saw it against Michigan State at 33 in the second half. So I think that's the difference between the two. So he's so Edwards is definitely more. Uh, you wouldn't want him playing point guard, is what you're saying. Which the Warriors wouldn't have him play point guard if they got him. He's more of a he. He'll, he'll get assists, but he's not looking to. To hear Sam's full conversation with NBA draft expert Jonathan Wasserman and more exclusive content from Andy and Sam, like interviews with the best and brightest in the world of the NBA, and of course, everyone's favorite segment in all of podcasting, Love of the Fame or Love of the Game, subscribe to Lightyear's Premium. Click that link in the show description now.